0: We are very pleased to have a guest in the studio. His name is Evan Thompson. And Evan is has, a, I think, a very interesting job. He's a communication skills coach. Now, he's been doing this for quite a while, about 30 years. And he helps people, of course, communicate. But, but communication has changed over the years. Social media has had an impact on that. Web has had an impact on that. Certainly, um, uh, video has had a huge impact on that. But, you know, the one thing I think that hasn't changed out of all of this stuff is the person. We still – it comes down to a personal – the person who is presenting that information and how they present that information. And certainly, media plays a role in in maybe what that message is or how it gets uh, uh, brought to the larger world. But uh, Evan, he says he, he's, he helps uh, professionals and organizations meet their goals through emotional intelligence development. And that's an interesting term to use. Of course, we've heard a lot about emotional intelligence, Evan, uh, and, uh, you know, and as opposed to just basic intelligence and how, how that has, has switched things and how we look at that. And, and emotional intelligence being uh, a more important side of our, of our intellect,
1: Absolutely, David. You know, time was that emotional intelligence was being able to control your emotions, <laughs> not flying off the handle in the face of adversity. Mm. However, now emotional intelligence is seen as the most telling factor when a person is hired as to how they'll perform. Mm. IQ used to be number one. Mm-hmm. Now it's your emotional intelligence. And and simply put, Emotional intelligence is your ability to see things from the other side of the table, to put yourself in the other person's shoes. Really? Not necessarily always agree, but yeah. empathize mm-hmm. and understand where they're coming from. Really? And it, it's, a, it's a wonderful sort of a garden of skills in communications, audio, visual, written, that come from emotional intelligence. And it can be learned. It can be learned. Sure, We might get into that a little later.
0: So, I mean, that's very interesting. There's a garden of of things that you're referring to. Um, So, first of all, um, skills communication. Uh, I mean, skills communication can also be taught to people. But can we talk about people themselves? Uh, What does a basic communicator need if they want to reach out and be someone that is going to put themselves out there, that wants to communicate something with others?
1: I think it really begins with our ability to listen as well as hear. We can lean into a conversation, but if our mind is in four different places or Mm. 400 different places, we don't really give the other person a chance. We're waiting to finish their sentence. We're Mm. waiting to jump in with our thought. Mm. And this is where clarity of thought is, is so important, knowing what you want to say, knowing who you want to say it to, and understanding who they are and what their goals are.
0: Can you give us uh, maybe some examples that might come to mind in terms of who maybe over the last 30, 40 years that you've seen that have been very good communicators?
1: A uh, person who comes to mind immediately would be um, President Obama. Mm he speaks with his heart. Mm. He shows some vulnerability. He doesn't try and be the perfect leader. Mm. He tries to put himself in the position of his listeners. Mm. And he's consistent. Not everybody agrees with his policies on medical care, et cetera. But day in and day out, he always puts his best foot forward and he relates to the audience. He doesn't judge them. He doesn't dictate to them. He shares a lot of his personal stories. I believe he was one of the first originators of the power of the story in Mm. communicating and building trust, much like his wife, Michelle Obama, Mm. who is a masterful storyteller. What makes
0: stories so powerful?
1: The most powerful stories relate to as many people as possible while staying personal Mm. While staying part of the speaker, the person who's telling the story has to really feel their story and and go forth with some courage, some compassion, and some accuracy, as we mm. were talking before we went on air. Accuracy is good when you're mm. telling stories. Mm-hmm. You have to be consistent.
0: Right. So when you're saying that, I'm, I'm thinking about something that I've been, been working on personally about storytelling and those kind of things, but uh what comes to mind is i think about we we have in the past seen a lot of stories about people that are successful you know uh it you know and and the things they've come through maybe to to go on and and but they seem so far away you know there's stories that are so far reaching we're happy for them but has does that doesn't really communicate with me doesn't really touch me doesn't really resonate with me what's the difference there
1: um i think when we read about you know mega celebrities coming a cropper with the media. We're now reading about Brian Adams' the Mm. piece in the New York Times this morning about alleged impropriety. Mm. Um, We can't really relate to people of that stature, that magnitude. Mm. They don't stand on our ground. Mm. And their challenge when they're up against a lot of media scrutiny is to become part of our ground. To become like us. And this is where it gets really tricky because they change their messaging, they change their persona, Mm. and they try and reform or change overnight, which is just not possible.
0: Okay. So if you were going to start working with someone, um, um, you bring on a new client, and they want you to help them with their communication, they make presentations, they go out, they talk, they have a a staff, Uh, what are the first things you look at doing with them?
1: I ask them what they hope to gain from working with me. Okay. Uh, I ask, why is it so important to you to be a good communicator in your life or in your professional role? What are you trying to fix? Okay. And, and why do you want to fix it? Who are you trying to please? Are you trying to please yourself, your partner, your, your clients? Why are you doing this and investing this time and money mm. into bettering your skills?
0: And what are the, some some of the things that people come back with? I mean obviously you're throwing it back at them and making them doing looking inside again,
1: which is which is my sort of attempt to get to know them and ah. understand how they tick. Okay. Um a common answer companies picking up the tab. <laughs> this isn't costing me anything. Oh. <laughs> my boss says I might as well go for it. Oh present better, speak better. So mm. that's why I'm here.
0: Okay, so, so now that's interesting. Now what happens after? Uh, that, I'm, I'm assuming that afterwards, after you give them some insight or after you give them some information, some things that maybe they hadn't thought about, it, it opens their eyes a little bit and they probably have some interesting comments to, to say to you afterwards.
1: Well, I don't really lecture or teach. I ask questions mm-hmm. and I listen. And mm-hmm. I really try and make it a two-way conversation. Sure. What works for one person uh, in communicating doesn't work for another. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, if you're an extrovert, mm-hmm. communication may come easier to you on some levels than if you're introverted and shy. Mm-hmm. But what, what they what they take away is more a knowledge, most importantly, of why they're doing what they're doing mm-hmm. and and how they can feel what they're doing, not just execute and tick the boxes
0: Interesting, to, pay,
1: yeah. to pay the mortgage, to take the holiday. Right. So
0: when you say feel, uh, it sounds like they become more empathetic.
1: Yeah? Exactly.
0: Which and sounds like a, a very big part of being a good communicator.
1: To be able to understand and hear and listen is perhaps the most powerful tool we possess as humans, especially in the digital age. mm when we're bombarded with so many messages audio video traffic signs those are all incursions on our time and our brains
0: now you have men- mentioned something uh, before we went on air about how 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 things have changed you know technology has had an impact on us but you talked about how now in this world that we live in that there's a place for everyone the introverts the extroverts uh, you know and all this all this different uh, these places how how do you see that how do you how do you what do you mean by that?
1: I see this as a result of the huge disparity between people who live very well and people who live very poorly and as our sense of this disparity grows, we see the need for everyone to have a voice, and we listen more closely to what is happening. Venezuela is an example. Mm. Huge oil producer.
0: Mm.
1: Now it's more than oil. It's it's about the rights and the humanity of those people who are being held hostage in that country. So we become more aware, more empathetic.
0: Uh, now, you, you've taken this to a, a level I hadn't thought about in terms of, of, of <laughs> what you're saying there, and I'm just wondering, on that, on that scale, and I'm not sure if you can answer this, do you feel that we have become, even though we have, we have greater communication amongst ourselves, amongst the world, have we become less effective or poor at communication?
1: In certain situations, we're becoming better social media allows us to share more and more personal stuff. Mm. And regardless of your views on Facebook, Twitter, you know, sharing personal information, it does open up a lot of conversations and people people are more able to share their feelings and expose themselves, which often comes at quite a price um, in terms of in terms of incursions into their private lives their security so
0: you know the sharing of personal personal information that you were referring to is that always a better thing do you think
1: i think i think it's fine to share information either in real time or online as long as you know who's getting the information <laughs> and and you are compliant with the the platform, the provider who's mm. disseminating disseminating that information, and you, you know exactly where it's going and who's receiving it. And, you know, I love the expression, before, before you open your mouth and gauge your brain, so many people just fly to Twitter or fly to Facebook <laughs> and just tee off and just vent and vent. Yeah. And once it's there, it's as good as on your tombstone. Mm. It yeah. will never go away. Right.
0: Yeah. So think before you act. Uh, exactly. Uh, and
1: that's true in, in one-to-one conversations, mm-hmm. uh, socially, at work, job interviews. Yeah. Always take a pause mm-hmm. and think about the repercussions of what you're going to say.
0: Now, it's that's interesting. I'm glad you said that because that was going to lead into something I wanted to ask you about, and that is that and you mentioned this in terms of be of emotional intelligence being the the key factor for interviews and jobs and those kind of things. Uh, we certainly know that that uh, employers look to social media to see what kind of things that people are posting and what kind of things are going up there that you're doing uh, to see if you might be a, a, a likely candidate for them or somebody that they might want to steer away from.
1: And and you know, there's there's a, an adage, a, a saying that I really uh, agree with. Um never say anything about anyone else in a business capacity that you wouldn't want reprinted on the front page of the Globe and Mail or the Ottawa Citizen or the New York mm. Times. Because it right. will it will come back to you. Yes. So it's... again, you know, engage brain before engaging mouth.
0: I uh, I would say uh something you have here that, that's written and I and I, I have this circled, that is and you mentioned obama obama someone is 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 something you feel you can trust it's, it's it's that winning winning their trust someone else's trust that empathy that you were referring to that that sounds like it's a very big part of, of being a good communicator as well
1: yes when you're consistent in your communication you have a better chance of building trust because there's nothing more difficult when you want to trust someone than when they keep changing their story mm. Their facts change, their tone, their beliefs flip, you know, with the, the, with the temperatures these mm. days. <laughs> Completely unpredictable, and that does not breed trust.
0: Now, um, something that, that uh, you have written here, and I, I'm wondering, is this, has this changed over time? And maybe to some degree it has. You've, you've, got the, you've only got a few moments to get someone's uh, to, attention for your target audience. Is that something that has changed over time, or is that is that now because of the world we live in?
1: Absolutely. Um, a lot of people talk in voice bites mm. instead of saying, "I came down by cab," they want to speed it up and say, "Came down by cab," right." Um, it, it's It's a condensed way of communicating and thinking, which can sometimes confuse people mm. instead of saying the full sentence, with with pauses and purpose, just rushing through and ticking the boxes. Mm. Another thing um, that I find people are more inclined to complete other people's sentences and jump in.
0: <laughs> oh, I
1: love that. <laughs> I uh, before I left the house this morning, I had a conversation um, with my my wife partner, mm. and. I said you don't need to finish my sentences. I understand. You know we're we're in a hurry. Mm. You know, but just let me finish my sentences mm. and it's like ticking the boxes and she wasn't thrilled. She right. meant to help. Sure. She meant to help. Yeah. To, she was enabling me yes. to complete a sentence. Mm. And I took it the wrong way. Mm. I said I'm fairly articulate. Mm-hmm. I think I can spit out a sentence. <laughs> That's just an example of our hurried lives yeah. and our hurried approach yes. to, to getting things done.
0: So in that regard, that, that brings us to another, uh, that, that conciseness or that simple way of, of approaching. So we were talking about this a little bit before we went on there as well, about uh, a, a, a certain person. We know of, you mentioned one, one president, and there's another president who happens to be extremely good at, at sound bites and, and getting simple messages across. Um, but also at, at a cost, I guess.
1: Um, yes, at great cost. Um, you know, in President, Trump, President Trump's efforts to to communicate clearly and simply, he oversimplifies, mm. and he'll shave facts, and he'll change mm. facts. He'll mm. make up facts mm. just to get the impact of his comments. Mm. The media pick it up, and his base... I think really still like whatever he says, mm. and it's it's not a real conversation. it's not a real thought process that has resulted in his often his outbursts mm. and I think even he would say, I wish I could press an erase button after some of the comments that she that he he has made, you know about Mrs. Warren, for example, a candidate mm. um, just. Inexcusable, but mm. he still stands. Mm-hmm. He's still standing.
0: Yeah, and and that's an interesting uh, comment on not only our time, but also I guess in communication styles.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I think um, people people leaders realize that people don't have a lot of time and a lot of capacity to take in a lot of info. Mm. So they try and really shave off a lot of the, the facts and. And they take away a lot of the warmth and, and soul and passion that's so important to communicate with empathy and clarity and certainty. What is the
0: difference, if at all, between a, a communicator, someone that just wants to communicate, and a leader?
1: That's, that's a great question. In a word... The communicator disseminates information to achieve a certain goal. The the leader communicates to inspire mm. by sharing of themselves and communicating their authentic passion, mm. their anger, their frailties, their shortcomings and their strengths. Mm. But I think I think the biggest biggest quality of all the communicators i've known is that they all share humility. Mm. And and humility, to quote CS Lewis, is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. <laughs> it's not all about you.
0: Sure. Now, a lot of people might interpret that as as vulnerability or weak. Yes? Yeah. But in fact, it is it is not
1: well, that's where the communication apparatus comes in. if If you speak with conviction and certainty, there's no no issue in offering the fact that you might have misstepped and this is what you're going to do to remedy it. You don't look to the past, you look to the future. Mm. And we're all learning, says the leader. Sometimes we screw up. Mm. And that goes much further than denial and finger pointing and blaming and shaming others.
0: And we are back on moment of truth, just having a little bit of fun here uh, as uh, we were in the break. We are talking with Evan Thompson. He's a communication skill coach, and he's been doing it for quite some time. And it's fascinating to talk about this kind of thing in the world that we live in. Um, you know, Evan, one of the things that that I wrote down we mentioned we mentioned earlier was that you said the most the most powerful person in the room has changed. What did you mean by that?
1: It used to be that the person who gathered the most people around them was the person who had the biggest job, the most degrees, mm. the most sort of power, and was able to dominate the conversation by talking about themselves and their accomplishments, a sort of celebrity status. Mm. Now, I believe the most powerful people in the room are those who ask about others. Even in the simplest way, how's your day? What time did your day start this morning? And approach it from a more personal level, not getting nosy, mm. but just getting a little personal, and then they ask you, what time did your day start this morning? Mm. I'm thinking of the snowstorms. And- sure. Sure. When everything just broke loose, trying to mm-hmm. get downtown. Mm-hmm. That was a huge unifier because people were talking about that. That was mm. a common bond.
0: Now, when you say that, what pops to mind is that we, what you're talking about is being sincere in that approach as well, not just trite conversation.
1: Yes. Um, talking down to someone is probably one of the worst things that you can do you may feel that you're showing an interest but if it's not sincere people will pick that up mm. and they'll feel patronized mm. and and lessened and that takes away from your influence and and your power and your ability to earn their trust so
0: i, I how does how does social media or or the larger communication that we are exposed to daily with so many images and so many things that we have, as you mentioned earlier, we're bombarded with pick up our phone. We get these things coming at us about what's going on and all these things that people are doing, which if you really look at it, don't in many of them don't matter. They don't affect us. They're, they're kind of interesting to see, but um, you know, and sort of fun and maybe entertaining, but uh, it takes away from personal connection.
1: It certainly does. And I have been, you know, consumed on more than one evening on LinkedIn. Mm. And it's like quicksand. It does serve value. It Mm. does bring people together in business and socially. But the diversions, and you Mm. just keep spinning off your original search. And then you wonder why you even sat down at the computer. (laughs) It's like being at an arcade. (laughs) Might as well go to the X
0: and
1: lob basketballs into hoops. Mm. Same effect. Mm. It's a diversion. Yeah. Yeah, it's
0: interesting because now, of <laughs> course, with, uh, with with some of these sites, of course, when you do click on something, they automatically uh, take note of that and say, oh, this person likes this, and we're going to send you more of those kind of things. So now you've got more diversions coming at you.
1: Exactly. And it becomes a conversation on two levels. You want to have a conversation or you want to to read a piece that relates to you, and then up pops an amazing pair of shoes or something. Mm. And of course, then you click on them. And and your your attention span is just split. Mm. And this this happens in conversation yeah. on many levels. Whereas I mentioned, we're waiting for people to finish the sentence, we're not really listening to what they're saying because we're trying to find a way to riff off and bring it back to us. Cuz we want we want to be Equal partners. We don't want to feel that we're being overwhelmed in a conversation. Mm. That's why over-speaking is one of the huge downfalls of, of bad communication, or a sign of bad communication.
0: Now, what about the ability to to spin a good a, a good? Uh, I don't want to say yarn a story. I I'm, I'm sort of like to bring it back to to Trump, who has. He was very good at sound bites, even though they might be incorrect. But but they grab people's attention. They they're almost like misdirection to some degree when he spins certain things because he's he's manipulating manipulating you. I feel uh, into looking having you look one direction when he's he's got something else in mind that's going on in the background.
1: Well, his strength or evil weapon, depending on how you look at it, is his ability to whip up emotion. Mm. And a lot of his base are very frustrated about their financial futures, personal futures, their ability to pay down their mortgages. Mm. He's their voice piece. He gives them the legitimacy to get angry when they go to his rallies mm. and they do their posts and they say you know, these hateful things blaming others who really have no role at all. Mm. He he's their voice piece. He gives them permission to act out their frustrations. Mm.
0: So, Evan, I, you know, I don't know if we're going to get a call in a couple of minutes, but okay, uh, if we well. do, a we'll roll with it. But I'm, but um, I wanted to, to just wonder if there's something that you specifically want to mention or, or share with people, um, or leave people with something important that that they should be thinking about in terms of either communication that we haven't mentioned so far.
1: It's an excellent question. I, I would come back to asking why we do what we do in our professional lives, in our social lives, what, what drives us, what brings us real pleasure and fulfillment. Once we can identify that, we can shape our language to communicate those feelings to others in, in a way that they will understand and respect we can only do that by understanding their needs and their goals
0: you know we talked about being a good listener and as you were speaking something else popped into mind and 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 uh, and and what you were saying and that is that we we kind of touched on this but are, are we are we becoming a society uh, from your perspective of that that we we don't think enough before we, we act. We don't think enough at all in terms of the things we're doing on a
1: daily basis. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, can, I can talk to that. I just had dental surgery. You can still see some of the bruising. I'm glad I can talk. Mm. Um, not too long ago. And it sort of makes you a bit cranky
0: because
1: mm. you're not sleeping properly. Mm. And I really do believe that overwork stress that results from overwork really mm. does drive our inability to communicate mm. properly.
0: Mm. Interesting, very interesting. I thank you for that. Now you also mentioned uh a, a sense of humor. Yes. Okay, what can you tell us about a sense of humor?
1: It's it's an extraordinarily powerful tool when it's used mm. sparingly. Yes. With the right audience in mind. Okay. It doesn't hurt or humiliate others. Mm -hmm. Uh, Self-deprecating humor Mm. is very powerful, as long as you don't grind yourself down and lose your cred.
0: Right. Okay. Just
1: not taking yourself too seriously. Evan, we have another
0: caller on the line, and I want to say thank you so much for coming in today and speaking with us and being our guest. It's been great having you here. I hope you'll come back again. I'd like to expand on our conversation.
1: I would enjoy that. Thank you so much. Well,
0: thank you so much for coming in today. I'm going to jump right over to the uh, to our caller on the line. I believe we now have uh, Sky Bridges on the line from APTN. Uh, and, oh, you know what? I have to actually take a moment. Can we take a slight pause and come right back? I just have to switch my my uh, gear around here for a moment we'll be right back on aptn after this we're back on a uh (laughs) element fm and moment of truth i'm your host david moses i believe that on the line we have uh, sky bridges he's the chief operating officer of the aboriginal people's television network sky are you there
2: Yes, I am. I'm happy
0: to be here. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your busy day to join us. We really appreciate that. And I know you have to run off to another uh, another meeting. So thanks once again for calling in and doing this with us. And you're here to talk with us about uh, APTN conducting this first ever National Indigenous Music Impact Study that ha- is going on. And we're actually running those ads uh, for you. And it's coming up to uh, its fruition, I believe, on uh, uh, on the 18th of February, correct?
2: Uh, yes, actually, it closes uh, Sunday at uh, midnight. Okay, uh, and then and then on Monday uh, we'll be drawing for a thousand dollars. So, if you haven't entered uh, the study, make sure you get in there uh, Sunday by midnight so that you're in for the draw.
0: So, can you tell us a little bit about why this impact study is necessary?
2: Absolutely. So, you know, one of the um, main music programs that APTN uh, produces is Indigenous Day Live. It's been running now. We're entering into our 14th year. It's a live music concert to celebrate National Indigenous Day. And Mm -hmm. we have had hundreds of Indigenous artists through the years. And one of the things, you know, that we were noticing was that um, incredible talent uh, musically uh, keep uh, uh, bringing in more and more incredible talent uh, that seems to be up and coming, of course, and established. Uh, but uh, for many of them, uh, I noticed that there's a bit of a challenge, though, in terms of the business side. Mm. And, uh, I mean, that is a challenge for any uh, music artist. So uh, we decided that we wanted to do a little more research into understanding you know, what is the current state of the Indigenous music industry and could not find uh, any research on it. Uh, there's a lot of research on mainstream Canadian music, so uh, we decided that we felt that, you know, it's time to really have a measurement and, and check in and find out, you know, what is the current state of the Indigenous music industry. So we launched, for the first time ever, a national study uh, that looks into this. And uh, it's ambitious, and uh, it's, uh, we brought in a lot of great partners together. We're really excited to support this because we would like to see this industry grow.
3: So,
0: what kind of things are you, are you hoping that this will bring forward, that, will, that, that you, will, you will see from doing this?
2: Well, we have all the right partners around the, the table from across the country, many of our partners who are involved in creating programs that support Indigenous artists. Uh, for APTN in particular, what we're looking at is, what is the current participation rate of Indigenous artists when it comes to music for film and television, and understanding you know, maybe for those who are, are looking uh, into that pathway, you know, what are the challenges that they're facing? Mm. So that's one spe- specific towards APTN we want to better understand so that we can see more going into that field. Uh, but beyond that, for our partners who are involved, as I mentioned, many of them already have programs that support Indigenous artists. So getting this feedback and getting the overall voice of the country from our artists to understand what the challenges and opportunities are are going to further feed into those who are here to support them to be better at it.
0: You know, as you're, as you're talking about this, and certainly with, with APTN uh, that launched in 1999 as the first ever national Indigenous broadcaster in the world, we might add, which is fabulous, um, I can't help that, that <laughs> thinking you guys, you guys must have been inundated or over, overwhelmed with, with Indigenous artists and, and Indigenous people coming to you for, for requests.
2: Well, you know, certainly our audience, uh, you know, uh, when we launched and still now, you know, they they look to us, and there are things that they are looking for to watch. You know, in programming, mm-hmm. it's a challenging landscape for sure, uh, but yes, uh, there there is uh, a great demand for always more content uh, to hear from more artists, uh, and uh, and that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, for sure, it is. For sure, it is. Um, now, you mentioned the business side because that, of course, is just as important as the performance side. And and in many ways more important because it it is what the artists need to support themselves and it also is is uh, it, it it employs people as well um, and it helps to uh, to make the the industry more more uh, uh, successful. So um, it, how much of that uh, is the study looking at the, the the backside
2: of the industry? Well, and, and certainly the uh, the study will look at that and better understanding you know, where are the artists in terms of their business development? And and it looks at it in terms of understanding, you know, where are they making those revenues? Um, uh, What are some of the challenges that they find that they are facing in terms of expanding the business? So uh, really, that is absolutely key to this study. And it's a really good time to do it because, you know, when you look at when EPTN launched in 1999 back then, uh, you know, we didn't have the internet as as robustly mm. as we do now. The music industry has been incredibly changed as a result of that. You don't have the same um, infrastructure that you did supporting artists, not just indigenous, but any. And so, there's a whole new way in which that now artists can find themselves to grow their business. So, um, doing the study at this time is really going to help to understand maybe where are those those gaps in understanding. Uh, so that maybe then there's a potential then to support the artists. Because this study, we are asking for Indigenous artists to participate, but it's also open to anyone who is a uh, manager of an Indigenous artist or a promoter of Indigenous artists. And so that gives us a much wider view and a clear picture of where the industry is currently standing uh, and where those opportunities might lay to grow.
0: I'm glad you said that because I was just going to ask you who you would recommend uh, getting involved with this, uh, th- this study, and you kind of just answered that. So performers, artists, managers, promoters, anybody that is, that is involved. And by doing so, as you mentioned, they have a chance to win
2: $1,000. Absolutely, yes. So, you know, that's the fun part of the study. But, you know, hearing your voice uh, is really important uh, I'm uh, actually in uh, Montreal right now and just attended the, the first ever Indigenous uh, Music Summit. And right. I have to say, it was it was fascinating uh, hearing from the artists, uh, you know, what their challenges are on the business side. Uh, Buffy St. Marie was there and gave a very impassionate speech about mm. how to cultivate that business, understanding how to move forward in the business. So there's a lot of positive things happening for the Indigenous music industry. We've got a long way to go. There's no doubt about it. But uh, there's a lot of positive and new, exciting things happening, just like the the summit that just happened.
0: Well, yeah, I heard about that. And and that does sound great. And I wouldn't I'm not surprised at all to hear that Buffy came forward and gave uh, that kind of a presentation at all. She she usually is pretty good at that kind of thing. Um, Absolutely. Sky, so uh, I know you have to run off shortly. Um, uh, Is there anything else you want to share before we have to let you go and, and let you move on?
2: Well, I guess the quickest way to find the the link of the study is online. It is available in French and English. The easiest way is if you go onto Google and you just type in APTN uh, Music Study, it'll come up on the very first link for you. Uh, Click on there, and uh, you'll find uh, the access to the study, as well as if there's other questions that you have, we have uh, a whole section in there that talks more about the study in depth.
3: Hmm.
0: Great. Now, uh, now what uh, what that website is exactly, because I did go there and, and uh, type and, and look it up, it as, actually is, if you go to www.corporate.aptn.ca backslash study, that will get you directly to that site. And do you know was, how many questions there is for people to answer?
2: Uh, it actually depends on uh, if you're an artist or if you are a promoter or okay. if you are in the uh, the management side. There's different streams. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure the exact uh, number of questions, but it would take you around 15 to 20 minutes. Um, that's if you have a lot of the information on hand. It does ask for some uh, statistics. So if you don't know offhand uh, some of that, you might have to go and find it and come back to the mm-hmm. study. But about 15 to 20 minutes to complete it.
0: Great. Uh, Sky, thank you very much for taking your time uh, this time for us today and sharing this information with us. wish you all the best with the, with the Impact Study and hope you come out with some fabulous information. I would just like to say uh, that uh, anyone involved in the music industry, as you mentioned, artists, promoters, managers, uh, anyone who uh, can go and check that out and take part in this because it is going to be of benefit to you and everyone in the industry. So please do take part in that, and uh, thanks very much to uh, APTN for, for putting this together.
2: Well, thank you. And just to mention, uh, when the results are ready, which will be in May, we are making them public. So anyone will have access to the results of the study, and if you'd like me to come back on and uh, talk about those results on air, I'd be happy
0: to. We would very much like that. And uh, that will be on APTN's website again?
2: That's correct. Yeah, same spot.
0: Okay, great. Uh, miigwech and Yawa for joining us today and uh, all the best in your endeavors and and uh, and miigwech to APTN for everything that they're doing these days.
2: Have a great day. Thank you, you, you.
0: Bye-bye. And that was Sky Bridges. He's the chief operating officer of APTN, the Aboriginal People's Television Network, talking to us about APTN's first ever National Indigenous Music Impact Study. And once again, you can go there and there is an opportunity, if you, if you participate, to win $1,000. That will be drawn uh, sometime next week, uh, on the 18th, I guess it is. It closes at midnight on the 17th, Sunday evening. And uh, you can go there if you are in music, if you are an artist, you're a promoter, you're a manager, someone involved with that. Go check this out. Participate. It will be of benefit to you and everyone around you, I imagine, that's involved. And that website, once again, is at www.corporate.aptn.ca backslash musicstudy. And we are back on Element FM and Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. I want to thank uh, Skybridges for taking part in that uh, last few minutes to tell us about the APTN National Indigenous Music Impact Study. And uh, on the line, we now have Georgina Jalibois. She is a member of Parliament for NDP and that's for Churchill River, Missinipi. Is that correct, Georgina?
3: J. Smith, Mississippi, Churchill River Riding.
0: And and whereabouts is that? Northern Saskatchewan. How far north?
3: It starts. My riding starts just north of Prince Albert and north of Battleford, and all of Northern Saskatchewan.
0: Hmm. Well, you want to say ah uh, for for joining us today on the show. It's great that you're able to take this time and and participate with us. We are grateful that you 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 uh are 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 being here and wanting to talk about something that is uh I guess been maybe kicking around but something that you're trying to move forward and that is a, nat- a national indigenous holiday. Yes.
3: Absolutely. Thank you very much for this opportunity.
0: So tell us a little bit about when this idea, you know, sort of came to your mind, and, and and why you wanted to to push this forward.
3: Before my work as member of parliament, I was the mayor of Lalage for twelve years, mm. and before that, in the work, I lived in Saskatoon and worked with the Saskatoon Health District and Saskatoon Police Service, mm. and they were both already involved uh, the the efforts uh, for to organizations to come together and plan events for June 21st mm-hmm. and they've been doing that for a very long time and so when I had the opportunity to be the mayor of Laloche and to become an MP um, June 21st is a great day for all Canadians and June 21st being the first day of spring the summer solstice mm-hmm. and the growth and an opportunity to move forward um so i put when i became an mp and had the opportunity to bring forth a private member's bill and i thought why not pursue this opportunity to create a national statutory holiday uh for indigenous peoples okay so
0: of course, as you, as you say, um, June twenty first is is uh, National Aboriginal Day, as it is known now, um, National Indigenous Day. Um, what kind of reception did you did you receive when presenting this?
3: Uh, the people I spoke to, the Canadians, uh, the Canadian people and residents of Arkansas, Saskatchewan, uh, the conversations I had, I have had. Uh, have been really remarkable and very supportive of the idea of presenting it to the House of Commons. Uh, When I presented it in the House of Commons, of course, uh, uh, it was an opportunity to have a healthy discussion around looking at our history, Indigenous history uh, in Canada, and Indigenous history in Canada has been Uh, Have not been kind, have been uh, hurtful and uh, hurt, hateful in some areas. And yes, we have to acknowledge the painful past. Uh, The elders teach, the elders talk about healing and moving forward. And there's an excellent opportunity to start talking about. Moving forward with acknowledging the painful past
0: so I understand that that there's been a couple of dates thrown around with this as well, right? Some people want to hold it uh, some something more in September if i'm not mistaken so there's been some some dates thrown around
3: yes uh, another date uh, September thirtieth mm-hmm. has been um, brought forward, and it was uh Again, September 30th marks a very important date in Canadian history as well. And so with the amendments brought forward to my private member's bill, uh, the government, uh, the Liberals, had indicated that they would support my bill provided we change the date to September 30th. Mm. And so I did agree with that because June 21st will remain a day uh, for For years to come where indigenous people will still come together uh, and organizations will still come together and plan events and celebrate uh, mm. uh, sure. the national indigenous people's hmm.
0: so if so September thirtieth is now a potential day um yeah. When you say, you know, the elders, and certainly elders talk about healing, and certainly we look at Canada's history and, and what has, uh, has happened over generations to Indigenous people in this country, how is the, how is the holiday going to help the healing and help the, um, the history and help people to uh, move forward, do you think?
3: Martin Luther uh Look at the, the, the example of Martin Luther King in the
0: United States. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm, you're getting a little muffled there.
3: Okay. In the United States, they have the Black History Month, and yes. then they have Martin Luther King Day, and then the month. Um, I take that as an example uh, for the work that I'm doing here around this piece. Mm-hmm. Indigenous people across Canada are working really hard have been contributing to the economy, continue to contribute to the economy, and building relationships and improving relationships straight across from police officers, lawyers, teachers, social workers, nurses, doctors, scientists, economists, and the list go on. And that piece is rarely acknowledged. Uh, and it is time that we start acknowledging that piece also. Uh, the painful past and the, the current situations that we have with oil drinking water advisory, mm. uh, the need for clean drinking water, more homes, more houses, uh, improved infrastructure, that work is a must and continues to strengthen. But at the same time, Let's acknowledge the great accomplishments of Indigenous people across
0: Canada. Yeah, let's let's do that. <laughs> That's a great idea.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> now, so when you say that, what what comes to mind is what kind of things would you like to see done on this National Day, this holiday? Uh, is it just a day off, or what would you like to see uh, people in this country do, or or perhaps take part in then? Um.
3: Canadians across Canada, including the schools, uh, would take the opportunity to do various things with, um, be at the schools. So um, every year, uh, every child matters. Uh, teachers and students are encouraged to wear the T-shirt, the orange T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, every child matters, and now. Can give it will give us, uh, it will strengthen uh, the opportunities to plan for teachers and schools to plan uh, around that and it would be a national activity it would be a national thing so therefore uh, other Canadians will pay attention to to the importance of uh, the indigenous system
0: do you have? Uh, you said that that some of the organizations that you worked at in the past were already sort of starting to move in this direction and starting to 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 take this in in sort of serious stride. Do you have some examples of of some things that that organizations that you worked for in the past uh, did towards that area? Maybe some of these activities or some of these ideas that you talked about you know, Every Child Matters, those kind of things. Anything that, that comes to mind that you can share as an example?
3: I was quite impressed with uh, the efforts of the nonprofit organizations and the organizations and agencies that came together, continue to come together, and again, my work in Saskatoon, and the elders' involvement and indigenous people's involvement, from police officers mm-hmm. to other organizations are coming together and planning events and supported by the city of Saskatoon and then planning uh, a full-day activity uh, from culture to music to food. Uh, it, was, uh, it was, the experiences have been so, so great. And then when I moved back north, uh, same efforts were being done in various communities. Uh, elders were brought in to teach the youth. Um, teachers took the day to, to celebrate with the kids and to, have, uh, to bring in elders, to bring in culture, um, in, uh, entertainment, and uh, uh, talk about spirituality and various other things. And it was always a great day to see. It was always great to see people coming together and celebrating.
0: Hmm. So the other thing that comes to mind when I think of this is: is this holiday specifically for Indigenous people? Is it? Is it? You no. know, just like a the day for it's a holiday for Indigenous people only? No,
3: it's a, a Canadian. Okay. A Canadian holiday. Yes.
0: Yeah. Okay, and um. Because I was just thinking that, hmm, there are other days that that uh, that other people have, and it's specific to those to those those people. So, how do you see the the TRC uh, involved with this, or or how do you see that at, at all a part of this?
3: The work in, around residential schools uh, has is remarkable. Hmm. Has uh, it was extensive and. Survivors and people who were affected had an opportunity to talk about the experiences and uh, just the amount of tremendous work done around that. Mm. And it is important to acknowledge the truth and reconciliation and the work and the suggestions brought forward with, uh, in, the, in the recommendations. Georgina,
0: I'm sorry, we have to cut you off because we're out of time. Um, But I want to thank you very much for joining us today here on uh, Moment of Truth. And thanks for calling in.
3: Thank you so much.